turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Like Bob on Facebook at facebook.com slash Live. Talking about two events um, permeating Christian social media. Uh, the revival down in Asbury, Kentucky, and the, uh, the He Gets Us campaign that uh, premiered, I think, think three different spots last night in the Super Bowl. I only saw two. We recorded it and ran past most of the spots, and I might have I might have missed one. But uh, let, let me repeat. Here's the bottom line for me. I'm not against it. I'm not condemning it. I hope and pray that people will think about Jesus, will be drawn to Jesus, and I'm hoping and praying that out of pure curiosity, They will learn more about Jesus and come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, It's unlikely that that will happen just because of the He Gets Us campaign. Um, If you can find how to be saved, how to trust Jesus Christ as personal Savior on the website, uh, you're a better person than I am. I can't find it. A lot of really feel-good stuff about Jesus and people and his love and forgiveness, you know, all good stuff. But if it doesn't draw people to make a decision, an eternal decision for Christ, I'm not sure the value. Um, anyway, uh, let me just give you some quick thoughts. They are presenting that the public ministry of Jesus was primarily uh, loving, caring, understanding, uh, and he—forgive me for being so repetitious, but it's the best way I know to describe it. He was just really cool, and you'd really want to hang out with him because he really understood everybody. He didn't condemn anybody, didn't judge anybody. He accepted everybody and so forth. Well— That's not the Jesus of the Bible. If you follow the life of Jesus, there was the cool period. That's what I'll call it, the cool period. When Jesus is healing, feeding, I mean, the 5,000, he's healing. He's healing lepers. He is raising kids from the dead. And thousands and thousands are following him because everybody's saying, this is the coolest guy we have ever seen. Uh, He fed us out of five loaves, this little boy's lunch. He divided it, and uh, he healed a bunch of people. And he could not move without thousands of people following him. Well, I guess you could call that the cool period. It was really cool to follow Jesus. But it didn't last very long. In Matthew 10, 38, 
Jesus got the disciples aside and said, hey, guys, uh, this is the Bernie translation, by the way. He said, hey, guys, you really want to follow me? And they all go, yeah. Oh, we love this, man. Everywhere we go, thousands of people are coming, and we just think it's really great to be part of your group. We love it. And Jesus said, okay, then listen up. If you really want to follow me, you got to take up your cross. Now, you need to understand crosses didn't mean the same then as they do now. Crosses today are something pretty you put on the steeple of a church. It's a it's a piece of jewelry you hang around your neck. Christians love the cross. We honor the cross. We sing about the cross. That was not the case in Bible times. They did one thing on crosses when Jesus told the disciples, if you want to follow me, take up your cross. They killed people. They executed people in a horrendously painful manner. A cross was a place of shame, humiliation, pain, suffering, and ultimately death. That's what Jesus was saying. You really want to follow me? It's not going to be cool. You got to take up your cross. In fact, if you love anybody more than me, you can't be my disciple. If you love father, mother, brother, sister, husband, or wife, anybody more than me, forget it. You can't follow me. And not only that, Jesus warned them over and over again. They hated me. They're going to hate you. Well, the thousands who followed Jesus during the cool period, when they found out who Jesus really was, it dwindled down to just the 12. We know that one of those was a traitor. And so many people left that Jesus one time turned to his disciples and said, will you also go away? Are you going to leave too? This is the Jesus of the Bible who demanded absolute, complete, total surrender. He didn't float around on a cloud all day and just say, I love you, I love you, I love you. Did he love? Yes. Was he forgiving? Yes. Did he love people that no one else loved? Yes, yes, yes. But he called them all to repentance. And that is part of the gospel. Christianity Today had this headline, I believe, on Saturday before the uh, Super Bowl. Headline, millions to witness the gospel at the Super Bowl through He Gets Us campaign. Well, millions of people were exposed to Jesus. And again, let me say, I am grateful for that. But they were not exposed to the gospel. The He Gets Us commercials do not present the gospel. Let me tell you why I say that. The, the most, common, most commonly understood definition of what the real gospel is, is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Here is how Paul described the gospel. Here it is. Let me read it for you. 
Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand. He's about to tell them what the gospel is. Not only does he tell them about the gospel in verse 2, he says, which also you are saved. This is the gospel, and this is what saves you. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Here it is. Here's the gospel. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That is Paul's, not mine. That is Paul's That is Paul's definition of the gospel. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the Scriptures. Any message that omits any of that may be a part of the gospel, but it is not the gospel. The gospel is not telling people to be good and treat other people kindly. The gospel is not love your enemies. That's not the gospel. That's a command from Jesus. Scripture tells us to love our enemies, but that's not the gospel. And by the way, no one can really love their enemies until they receive the gospel. Loving your enemies does not lead to salvation. It is a result of salvation. And I would just summarize this way. Jesus did not come to make us better people. He didn't. He came to confront us with our sin. And that's why when he preached... Let me go back to Matthew chapter 4. From that time, indicating this was going to be the message that Jesus was going to continually preach. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Anything short of that is not the gospel. I began this hour by trying to contrast the revival happening down in Asbury, Kentucky. Organic, spontaneous, characterized by an acknowledgement of the holiness of God and the deity of Jesus resulting in deep humility and repentance. And I'm praying that that revival will sweep across America and thousands will come to Christ. The other hand, he gets us a hundred million dollars professionally produced, and by the way, very well done. The production, extremely professional, very, very well done, and ultimately presents Jesus as a really nice guy you'd really like to hang out, and maybe, maybe we should try to be more like him. Well, we cannot and will not be like him until he becomes our Lord and our Savior. Um, Let me say one more time. I pray that's what happens with He Gets Us. 
I really do. And I'll leave it at that. We'll be back. Follow Bob on Twitter at twitter.com slash Live. And welcome back to Bob Bernie Live. Hey, listen, if you want to talk about the he gets us thing, I would love to hear from you. If you agree, fine. If you disagree, I would especially love to hear from you. I mean, let's let's talk about it. Maybe you think I'm way, way, way off. Uh, that's okay. 877-BOB-LIVE. 877-262-5483. You know, I... Hey, listen, I'm a Buckeye fan. I am. Love to watch the Buckeyes play and so forth. But um, the Ohio State University is drifting farther and farther and farther to the left. And that is just incredibly sad. By the way, uh, why haven't we heard why the uh, president was relieved of her duties, asked to resign or whatever? Isn't this a public university? Um, Have you heard all kinds of rumors, speculation? Um, What happened? Um, we don't know. But anyway, this story is just so sick. Here is a headline from today's The Lantern, which is the official student newspaper at The Ohio State University. Here is a headline today. Sex week coming to Ohio State for fifth year in a row. Sex week will kick off Sunday with a bang. Now, I I didn't get this until today, but evidently it started yesterday. Well, why not start Sex Week on Sunday? Of course. Let me read from The Lantern. Again, this is the official student newspaper at OSU. Sex Week, a series of events focused on abortion and LGBTQ plus activism as well, as sexual health will return to Ohio State for the fifth year in a row, February 12th through 18th, to promote inclusivity and positivity around a physical intimacy. Now let that sink in. The two focuses of Sex Week is not <clears throat> monogamous man-woman relationships. No. Number one, abortion. Now, why would the number one focus of sex week be abortion? Now, think about this. You got a brain. Use it. Because when they emphasize this kind of sex, what's going to happen? A whole lot of unwanted pregnancies. And so, abortion. Think about how odd 
How sad that the number one focus of sex week is abortion. And then secondly, LGBTQ plus activism. What about the straight people? What about monogamous people who want to be monogamous? No, 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 no. <laughs> we don't even talk about that. No, 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 no. Have you noticed that with the whole LGBTQ plus thing, everything, and I mean everything, is about sex? Everything. And here's probably the most troubling. The first event will speak on education for queer youth. In other words, how to embrace your queerness. Uh, The president of Student Advocates for Sexual Health Awareness said, quote, Sex Week is a national thing and we're not the first school to do it. Well, I wouldn't brag about it, but um, the mission was to bring comprehensive sex ed across all topics, and we're just continuing that. Um, A goal that spans every sex week is keeping it inclusive to everybody, comprehensive and accurate. Well, again, what about the straight people? Well, they're not even mentioned. Other LGBTQ plus centered events include the Queer Mixer, Thursday at 8 p.m. in the Ohio Union. Uh, And then, listen to this. One of the most popular events of the week is Kink 101, also called Great Minds Kink Alike. And it's sponsored by the Lion's Den, the Porn Shop is an official sponsor on the campus of The Ohio State University.